Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. As you know, in 2006, we were approached by the Phelan family here in Beaumont, and they made an offer to us to purchase the four acres behind the church that's situated between our back fence and market basket here on Spindletop. They offered to sell the property to us at, for $75,000, which is about $18,750 an acre. I came before the church in August of 06, and I asked you if you would consider purchasing that property and supporting me in that decision. And in one offering, we raised $75,000, which was a shock to the church because I don't believe they'd ever done that up until that point. We purchased the property with the intention of one day using that property to invest in our children and in our youth. For 14 years, we sat on that property waiting until God would give us the green light and open the door to us. But as you know, back in the first of this year in 2020, we, the elders had made the decision that we would accept an offer that was being made to the church to sell that property to Trinity Home Builders out of Houston, Texas. They were involved in a state program where they could build housing for senior citizens, 50 and up, and uh, provide the special housing to them. And uh, they contacted us and said, would you be interested in selling your property? I sent word to them through Seth that I wouldn't be interested to to sell the property. I I wouldn't even consider it for anything less than $500,000. Now I did that because I really didn't care to sell. I gave them a ridiculous amount because churches typically don't sell property because we're building for the future. Little did we know back then, the first of the year, that we'd be going into this year of COVID-19 and all that's happening to the churches across the nation. But I said, well, I wouldn't take less than 500,000. And they came back and said, okay, we'll do it. I talked to the elders and they said, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's great. I just wish we had asked for more. So I went back to them. I said, you know what? I don't want 500,000. I want 600,000. They said, okay, we'll do it. I said, okay, (laughs) hallelujah. And so, as you know, long story made short, we did sell that property for $600,000. Now, this is what I want you to pay attention to. Back in August of 2006, I put a wheelbarrow right here full of dirt off that four acres. I took little glass vials and I filled them up with that dirt. And I said, take this dirt home, put it on your windowsill. And uh, every time you get up to wash dishes, you men, you're washing dishes at the sink. And I know y'all do that. (laughs) You see that vial of dirt, you remember to pray for this property. And for 14 years, we've been praying for that property. Here's the point, guys. Yesterday's sacrifice often becomes tomorrow's miracle. What you invested in 2006, when I stood here with this dirt and I said to you, would you give $75,000 to buy that property? You wrote your checks and that sacrifice you made then became today's miracle of $600,000. And that's what I want you to see. And I say a miracle because we're in the season of COVID-19 and you can see all the empty chairs that are in here. Okay, people watching online, still concerned about the COVID-19 and they're staying home because of their age or underlying health issues, and we respect their decision. But you can understand how this is impacting our churches across the nation. Finances are down, 
in many, many churches. But right now, we as a church desperately needed an influx of cash. Now, and here we are, after 14 years, God is providing for our church. Isn't it amazing how Jehovah Jireh knows what you need and when you need it? And he provided for this church. But let me read you a portion of scripture out of Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. And let me read it to you in the NIV. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? I want you to notice that. He's linking this parable to other parables or to other applications. It's more than just this present application of preaching the word and seeing people's lives transform. It has a present application, but it also has a practical application to other situations. He said in verse 14, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes, notice this, and he takes it away. He takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, they hear the word and at once they receive it with joy, but since they have no root, notice that, they last only a short time, and when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Verse 18, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word, but the worries, notice that, the worries and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Verse 20, others like seeds sown on good soil, they hear the word, they believe the word, and because of that, they produce a crop. Some are believing for 30, some 60, and others for 100 times what was sown. Let's title this Giving with Purpose. Let me talk to you for just a minute about your warehouse of seeds, your warehouse of seeds. Now listen, I'm going to hit and run. I got to, I, I feel it. I got, I got to hit and run. Know this, a seed is a tiny beginning with a huge future. A seed is a tiny beginning with a huge future. God will give you a seed to make possible a promise that he has made you. You see, I want you to understand that when God makes you a promise, I believe God places a little seed in your hand. He will give you what you need to fulfill what he's called you to do. We've said it for years, God will finance what he calls. And so understand that if God calls you to preach the gospel, there's going to be a little seed put in your hand, something that you can plant and it will grow your talent, your gifting, his anointing on your life. What God promises you, he'll give you a little seed to fulfill it. You need to know that every seed contains a unique assignment and the instruction to fulfill it. Every seed has a blueprint inside of it. The blueprint for your future is locked up inside the seed. You have to know that. If God calls you to do something, God's going to put a seed in your hand. And in that seed is the blueprint for what he's calling you to do. You say, Pastor, God's calling me to start a business. Well, God's going to put something in you. There's going to be a little seed inside of you. There's going to be something inside of you, a seed that has a blueprint, that has an assignment. It has the plan that you need. You've just got to pay attention to it. You've got to water that thing and nurture that thing. God will give you everything that you need to do what he's called you to do. If he makes you a promise, he'll give you a seed. 
You have to know that your investment today will determine your return tomorrow. So back in 2006, we made an investment in that dirt on those four acres. And 14 years later, it brought back to us a return of $600,000. Every investment that you make will bring a return and the future if you pay attention to it. So I'm talking this morning more than just about finances. I wanna talk about your life. I wanna talk about the calling of God that's on your life. God calls you to do something, he'll give you a seed. God calls you to fulfill something, he'll give you a seed. God wants your business to grow, he'll give you a seed. And when you plant your seed, whether it's talent or finances, I want you to know that that seed has the blueprint for your future. You see, we worry so much about how things are going to unfold. We get caught up in how's this gonna work out? Just trust the seed that God's given you. Through the years, I've watered my ministry. I've nurtured my ministry. I've paid attention to my ministry. I have worked the soil around my ministry. And I've discovered that in that seed is everything that I needed, the blueprint, the plan, the assignment, the instructions. It's in that seed. You've just got to pay attention to it and you've got to watch it. A tiny beginning with a huge future. I can take and plant finances in the ground and I can step back and just water that seed with the word of the Lord and everything that I need, my resources, my finances, my future, it's locked up in that seed. Just watch it grow, just watch it grow. But you've gotta pay attention to it. You need to understand your seed inventory, seed inventory. God has given you the seeds of your future. God has given you the seeds of your future. So stop focusing on your lack and focus on your supply. You say, oh, pastor, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Focus on what you have and quit worrying about what you don't have. Focus on your seed. That's why tithing is it's based on percentage. It's not, aren't you glad that God didn't come in and say every week you've got to give a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand. He didn't say that. He based it on 10%. So the guy that gives 10% of $1, $10, $100, or $1,000 is all the same. Every gift has the same power of possibility. Every gift has the same power of possibility because it's based on percentage. So when you give your 10%, God says, I can bless that. I can bless that. You've got an inventory of seed. You're just not using it. 10% of your, your tie or 10% of your, your treasure, 10% of your time, 10% of your talent. If you'll just take it and invest it, that, that seed of talent, that seed of time, that seed of treasure, it has a blueprint inside of it. And if you'll just water it with faith and just water it with the word of the Lord, if you'll just speak to it and nurture it and be faithful, be a faithful steward, that seed has a blueprint for your future. It has the instruction for tomorrow. And what you invest today will give you a return and to tomorrow. It will do it. All you have to do is invest in it. Your investment, to excuse me, your investment today will determine your return tomorrow. It will do it. Something you have been given will create something you have been promised. Something you have been given. How many in here believes? 
How many has ever been promised something financially? God's given you a, a promise. Raise your hand. God's given you a financial promise. God gives you a seed and he promises you something financially. What God has, what God has done is he's given you something, a seed, financial seed, to make what he promised you possible. So you plant the seed and then the financial harvest comes later. When God makes you a promise, God gives you a seed. That's a fact. And what God has given you, that seed, he gave to you to make something else possible. Example, God promises an oak tree, but what does he give you? Does he give you an oak tree? No, he gives you an acorn. So God says, I'm going to give you a live oak. It's going to be huge. It's going to be massive. Your ministry, your business, your, your finances. I'm going to give you a, 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 an oak tree. God says, I promise you this. I'm going to give this to you. And we all jump up and say, I got an oak, I got an oak tree coming. I got a live oak. It's going to be huge. We all get excited. But that's not what he does. You open your hand, he puts an acorn. And he says, there's your tree. And we take it, we throw it away. I don't get it. That ain't what God promised me. God, you're missing it. God will give you an acorn, a seed, to make possible something else that he promised you. We don't understand the principle of the seed. So God gives you an acorn. So if you want an oak tree, you got to plant the acorn. You've got to understand that's what he gave you. He gave you the acorn. You need to know that your seed is a possibility picture of your future. So he puts an acorn in your hand and you look at that and that's a possibility of your future. It's a possibility picture of your future. John chapter 12, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Notice that. Kernel of wheat, if it falls to the ground and it dies. Now, I want you to understand something here. Leave that scripture on the screen for just a moment, guys. There's something there that I, I, I came to me this morning that I've never considered really before, and that is this. We have to understand the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is based on the principle of death, burial, and resurrection, okay? Death, burial, and resurrection. Death, burial, and resurrection. Death, burial, and resurrection. It's a constant process that we're going through. And we have to understand that there are times when it comes to your, your, your life, your ministry, your finances, your business, different things. You go through that process where something has to die. And then it's, it's, it, 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 it actually gets into the soil of your life and it nurtures that soil. It brings nutrients to that soil and then it produces multiplication. There's been times in my life, in my ministry, where I've had to go through the process of death and then burial. And then out of that, I was resurrected and my ministry went to a new level. Are you with me? Am I making sense? Or am I speaking Latin? So there are times, you see, when parts of your life has to go through the process of death and then you go into multiplication. And, and I've gone into places of multiplication and I've seen my, my ministry grow and it was a season and it was a great season. But then you go into a new season. You start all over of death, burial, and then resurrection. Yes. 
And it's painful. It's painful. And, and, and we don't want it. But look, it's like lifting weights. You, you, I've told you this before. You start lifting weights and you, you, you're doing good. If you're, gonna, if you're going to really bulk up, what that means is you've got to add weight so that it actually takes your muscle mass and it breaks it down and then it multiplies. And then it breaks down and it multiplies. With each addition of new weight, you're breaking your muscles down and they multiply. That's why it's so painful. That's why nobody wants to do it. But if you want to bulk up, you got you to add weight. But you got to know this. If you can't take the weight, you'll never get the influence. If you can't take the weight, you'll never get the opportunity. If you want to go to a new level in your ministry and your business and in your life, you're going to have to go through that process of adding weight and breaking down. Because if you can't take it, you can't get it. Amen. How do I know that? The Bible says he'll never put more on you than what you can bear. And if I can't bear the weight, if I can't bear the load, I'm never going to get the opportunity or the influence. If you, if you want it, you got to take it. You got to take it. And so you have to understand that you go through the process of death, burial, and resurrection. But here's the thing I wanted to encourage you with. I look back over my life, all the way back when I first started preaching at uh, the age of 15, first started preaching, and I see all the storms and the trials and the, and the disappointments and the death and the burial, and I see all the different things. What I, have to, what I realize is that all that stuff I've gone, I've gone through, all of that stuff is like fertilizer in the soil of my ministry, bringing nutrients to me to bring me to a higher level of multiplication. Listen, it's called the breakthrough, the breaker anointing, the breakthrough anointing. You break through to a new level to lead others. And then you break through to another level to lead others. And it, it, listen, let me tell you something. I've said it to you before. Everybody says, oh, touch me right here, right here, preacher, right here, right, just right here and give me a double portion of your anointing. I want a double portion. And I'm thinking about all the stuff I've been through to get here. And you want me to microwave for you. So I, if you come to me now, I, I'm willing to do it. If you want, after the service, I'll pray for you. But this is what I'm going to pray. Father, double the pain. Double the process. Double the heartache. Double. So they can experience double anointing. That's why I've said to you many times, when you encounter a man or a woman of God and they got scars and they're all, you know, just watch your mouth, tip your hat and step out of the way. Instead of standing there trying to criticize and critique and tear down and beat people up. Listen, you don't know what they've been through to get where they are. You know, that's why the Bible says, don't touch my anointed. You don't know what they did to get that anointing. You don't get, people don't know. And so you just tip your hat and step aside and just bless them and move on. But we put our mouth where our mouth don't belong. 
And so, you know, it's like, touch me right here. You need a, if you want double anointing, you got to take double the pain. You have to understand the process. If that kernel falls to the ground, it goes into multiplication. If that part of your life goes in the ground, if that part of your business goes in the ground, if that part of your ministry goes in the ground, if that part of you goes in the ground, if it goes in the ground, it will die and it will, it will begin to multiply though. It's a kingdom principle that I wish I could take in my Bible and rip it out, but I can't, I can't do it. And I've been through it. I've told you, I told you about uh, maybe three years ago, I went into a season and I said, I can't take anymore. I can't do it, but I took it. I took it. It's like that you're on that, you're trying to bench it. You're trying to bench it. And yet I can't do it. And the Holy Spirit is standing there. Come on, son, you can do this. Come on, hold on. Come on, come on. You can push, just push through the pain. Push and you, and you push through it. And when you do, you go to another level. And you stay there for a season and it's, and you enjoy it. But then here he comes with another load. And it's like, stop it. I can't do it. But listen, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. If you can't take it, you won't get it. You've got to do it. And so you've got to understand this process. You're, you, you've got to know that you are unable to maximize who you are for regretting what you're not. You're constantly, you're constantly regretting regretting I'm not this and I'm not that and because of that regretting you can't maximize who you are as a person so I say that because I want you to understand that if you just look at the seed that's in your hand that's your possibility picture that's a that's a possibility picture of your future and quit regretting over what you're not and just realize who you are and maximize who you are be who God called you to be and quit worrying about what you're not. That's what you've got to remember. That's why I've said to you before, it's not what you are that's holding you back. It's what you think you're not. Where I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, okay. But what can you do? Look at your seed and see the possibility picture of your future and maximize who you are and quit regretting over what you're not. I wish I could sing for example but I can't so let's forget that and let's focus on what I can do and see what difference I can make in this whole world amen Jesus okay seed time let's talk about seed time and harvest this is this is God's avenue to increase Genesis 8 22 seed time and harvest will never cease it will never cease you have to know the law of seed time and harvest. You've got to understand it. Real quick, you only reap what you sow. Reaping will always be proportionate to your sowing and within every harvest is the seed for the next planting. So you say, oh, I'm I just, I'm afraid I'm gonna run out. As long as you've got seed, you won't run out if you'll plant your seed, if you'll plant your seed. You need to know that God has placed measured control over your future into your hands. Measured control measured control. How do I know that? Galatians 6, 7. Whatever, say whatever, whatever, a man sows, that will he also reap. Luke 6, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So that's a measured control. You get to determine the return. In many cases, you get to determine that. 
You can determine your tomorrow by what you sow today. That's something we have to teach our, we teach our young people. If you want to reap a harvest tomorrow, you have to sow in your education today. We know that. So you can determine your tomorrow by what investments you make in today, right now. You see, we're talking about your warehouse of seeds, a tiny beginning with a huge future. You need to take seed inventory. Quit worrying about what you're not and just see what you've got and use what God's placed in your hands. And then number three, we've talked about seed time and harvest. This is God's avenue to increase increase. You can determine your tomorrow by what you sow today. Warehouse of seeds. That's it, guys. That's how simple that is. You have to look at what seed God's given you. And then you have to understand the process of death, burial, and resurrection. You can say, well, I don't like that process. I don't either, but it's God's kingdom. It's his process. And God says, if you'll take your seed of time, talent, and treasure, and you'll invest it and you'll invest it. You'll let that thing fall to the ground. Let it die. Let it die. Let go of it. Let go of it. Let go of it. We cling on to it. You're clinging to it. Let it go. If you'll let it go and let it die in good soil, not just any soil, but good soil, You'll see a multiplication, but you've got to go through this process. Tiny beginning, huge future, seed inventory, and then God's avenue to increase is seed time and harvest. Can't get away from it. It's his program, but you do have a measured control. You get to decide what it is you sow, and you get to, de- you get to decide how much. But remember this, whatever a man sows, that will he reap. You need to be careful what you sow. You need to watch your mouth. You got to watch your mouth. You know, if you say, you know, people just don't like me. Well, maybe. You know, the Bible says, it teaches us, if you would have friends, then show yourself friendly. Can I give you a little side note? And I'll get off of this because I can see y'all don't like that. Okay. Do you know you train people to treat you the way they do? You train people to treat you the way they do. If you don't like the way people are treating you, then maybe you should quit training them to do that. You train people to treat you the way they do. You have to train people to treat you a certain way. You got to be careful. You got to watch your attitude. You got to watch the words of your mouth. You got to watch your behavior. You got to watch because you're going to reap what you sow. You're going to reap what you sow. If you want people to treat you a certain way, then begin to act that way and treat others that way. You're going to reap what you sow. Okay, y'all don't like that. So let's quit. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. What are we talking about? Okay, we're talking about warehouse of seeds. Everybody say amen. Okay. My notes are messed up. Okay. You can determine your tomorrow. by what you sow today. Let's talk about qualifying the soil. Qualifying the soil. Let me read to you real quick. Let me get it in my Bible here. Mark chapter four. Let's look at verse 13 through 20. Again, this is our text. 
I want to pull out verse 20. Others like seed sown on good soil. Notice the wording there, good soil. Good soil. The quality of the soil determines the quality of the harvest. Now, from the World Book of Encyclopedia, it says the quality of the soil determines the quality of the growth, okay? Decaying organic material releases nutrients into the soil. As we just said a moment ago, every trial and test that you've endured has released nutrients into the soil, qualifying it for a great harvest. But this is what I want you to see right now. You need to learn to protect your seed because in verse 15, he said, some people are like the seed that's sown, but Satan comes and he takes away the word. Listen, don't let the enemy steal your seed. Don't get caught up in unbelieving what you used to believe. How many times have we sown tithes and offerings and alms through the years? Sown time and talent, investing in the ministry. Sown good seed, worked and labored hard, believing God and investing, putting it in good soil and then not seeing the return as quickly as we want to see it that we get frustrated and we begin to unbelieve the things that we used to believe. Guys, don't let the enemy come in and steal your seed. Listen, I've done it. I've done it. I've sat down before where I didn't have enough money to pay my bills and write that tie check and take that hand and, and say, Jesus, tell me this works. Because in the moment, it don't look like it. How many times have I gone into to study and I, I, everybody says, pastor, be real. And everybody said, amen. The thing that scares me is you can't handle the reality, but here it comes. Buckle up. So you go into two days of prayer and study and research and you, and you get done and you labor and you just you labor over that thing like a woman giving birth to a child and you get done and you look at it and sometimes, oh, not here, we'll say in previous churches, I've pastored four total, but sometimes you get up and you just won't throw in the garbage can because you think, you know, it, I'm not going to say it. Let me just tell you this, people in the ministry, rather you're a pastor or a deacon or an elder or a Sunday school teacher or you work with children, you, you know, people can get discouraged. And the enemy will get in your little ear right there and he'll whisper and he'll say, you do know they don't care. They don't care what you think, they don't care what you say, and they're not going to listen to you anyway. Listen, that's the devil. He does that to everybody. He'll beat you down. And you get to where you're investing your money, you're investing your time, you're investing your talent and you think, you know, it just doesn't matter. It's not going to work anyway. It's called unbelieving what you used to believe. He'll unbelief you. He'll, he'll change and he'll steal your seed. He'll rob it from you. And verse 16 and verse 17, he said, some people hear the word, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. And so when trouble comes, it dies. So you've got to know this rootless, you become rootless or there's a lack of endurance. There's a lack of endurance. You're not getting rooted in a house and in, in the house of God. You're not getting rooted in the word of God. And so when the storms come, you lack endurance. You can't stand the storms and the trials of life. Listen, you've got to get your feet firmly planted if you're going to make it in these days. We're in Matthew 24, the days of sorrow, I'm convinced. 
And if you're going to stand your ground, and rather it's a pandemic, or it's a hurricane, or it's a economics, or it's a, an election, or it's whatever it is, rioting in the streets, racial tension, the nation on the verge of a civil war, fires out west, whatever's hitting us, if you're going to stand all that, you got to get rooted. If you ever needed a church, it's right now. You better, you better find a good church that's preaching the word, that gives place for the Holy Spirit, where the presence is there, and they're worshiping God. And you better dig down deep, and you better let your roots get down. And you better get rooted in the word, get rooted in a body, get rooted in the church, get rooted so that when the stuff comes, you can stand what's coming your way. You got to get rooted, guys. You've got to get rooted. He says some of these people hear the word and they're not rooted. They start out with joy. Woohoo! I can get up here and I can preach. You know, I, you know, well... Anyway, you can get up here and preach and say, hey, everybody that gives $100 today is going to get 1000 back. And people run to the front of the $100 bill. Woo, 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 and they throw that on the platform. We've seen it done through the years. Woo, $100, $1,000. Give 1000 you get 10 woo, 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 woo. Fewer people come, but they still come. So, you know. But then the trial comes and the testing comes. He said they gave with joy. But then the trouble came and it died. Listen, the joy of giving has to be able to endure the process. You sow $75,000 in four acres. Being honest with you, for 14 years, I've drove by that four acres and I could feel that four acres mocking me. You said you were going to use that for your youth and your kids. What are you doing with this four acres? For 14 years, I've drove by there, and finally I had to cut it, brush hog it, because I won't say that. So just mocking me, mocking me. But the day came when somebody said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you $600,000 for the four acres. Now we can take that money and invest it in our kids and our youth. I just didn't know how God was going to do it. But you understand what I'm saying? You've got, you can give with joy, but your giving with joy has to be able to endure the process of growth. You, you, you sow the seed in joy. Woohoo! I put in a hundred, I'm going to get a thousand. 14 years later, you're still sitting there, where's my thousand? You see what I'm saying? Your joy of giving has got to endure the process of growth. At verse 18 and 19, he talked about some people, you sow the seed, they hear the word, but then worries and deceitfulness of wealth, it chokes it out. Or that, that sense of, 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 of security, I don't, they're worried about tomorrow. They're, they're fearful of tomorrow, their finances, and, and the deceitfulness of riches. So what does that mean? I get scared, I get worried about my future, and so instead of continuing to give of my time, my talent, my treasure, giving and investing and believing, I start pulling back. I start pulling back and I start, I start the deceitfulness of wealth, the deceitfulness of that money. It says, if you'll just hold on to me, I'll keep you secure. 
I'll keep you secure. Let me tell you where your security lies. Not like this, like that. This is my security. You give. This is my security. You give. Because I'm sowing good seed and good soil, and my future lies in that soil. Oh, my God. My future lies in that soil. I believe if you're faithful in your time, your talent, your treasure, faithful, sowing, believing, your future is in that soil. Your future is in that soil. But if you eat your seed, you're killing your future. See, the enemy will come to you and he'll get you fearful. He'll get you worried. And then he'll wrap you up in the deceitfulness of riches. He'll say, you better hold on to that seed. You better feed yourself. You eat your seed, you destroy your future. Happens every time. Let's look at the parable. Let's look at the parable of the growing seed. Listen to Mark chapter four, verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, the head, then the full kernel and the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. The mystery of growth, I just pointed out, lead the, just listen, the mystery of growth, real quick. While the farmer sleeps, the seed is working. Whether you don't see it or not, the seed is working. Number two, the farmer has learned to trust the soil. Let the soil do what the soil does. Trust God's program. Jesus. Trust the program. Trust the program. How many in here would agree with me the only way you can do the stock market is you put your money in the stock market and you walk away and then 40 years later you go back and you pull it out and it is what it is. But if you watch that thing every day, oh, Jesus, it goes up, it goes down. You'll be a neurotic. You'll be taking pills before. Uh, am I, everybody in agreement? They, investors will tell you, sow your seed in the stock market and just walk away. 20 years later, when it's time to cash out, cash out. It is what it is. History has proven that it's been a pretty much, it's an upward trend, okay? So we know that. You can't watch it every day, you'll go crazy. You can't do it. But yet in the kingdom, we won't do that. We sow our seed in tithes, offerings, and alms, and we watch it every day. Oh, it's, where, where's, where's my return? Where's my return? Where's my return? Where's my return? And we get caught up in fear and worrying, and, and I don't know that this is working. I don't think it's working. And so we start to pull back. Listen, I've been tithing since I was a teenager. I've been, I've been tithing since I was a kid. Since I was... My first, I guess my first big gift, I was 14 years old and a missionary came through our church and I sold my motorcycle, which is a big deal for a 14 year old, to sew it into a mission work in, in Scotland. Gave away. And I've been doing that since I was a kid. Listen, I can't look at it every day. I just know I've got a lot of seed in the soil. And I believe when the time is right, it comes when I need it. Sometimes it's a 30, sometimes it's a 60, sometimes it's a 100. But my God is faithful to me. You can't stare at that every day. You can't do it. The farmer knows that the seed is working even while he's sleeping. And he trusts the soil. You can trust the stock market. Why can't we trust God? 
The farmer has learned to wait on the process of growth. I've mentioned this to you earlier. He said he sows the seed, he gets in the soil, the soil works, even though he's sleeping. He don't understand how it works, but suddenly he goes out there and there's a great harvest. Look, you've got to trust the process. It's working even while you're sleeping. You've got to trust God's program. And the man then has to reap the harvest. So here's a principle, a kingdom principle. You've got to learn to work. Work. Work what God's given you. If you want to see your, your business, your ministry, you want to see your life, if you want to see your investments, you got to work. You got to work. You have to reap the harvest. You don't get just to sit at home and listen to angelic music and, and just float around your house and pray in tongues and woohoo. Listen, everybody says, I want to be in the ministry. Well, just come with me for a day and we'll see how much work you really want to do. You gotta work. How many knows the ministry is work? How many knows owning your own business is work? How many knows if you wanna succeed, you have to work? We call it a work ethic. You gotta work it. You gotta work what God gives to you. You gotta work what he's entrusted to your care. You gotta roll up your sleeves and go to work. The farmer has to reap the harvest. It ain't going to just show up in your barn. You got to go out there and get it. You got to go get it. If you want to, if God says, I've called you to do this, this is what I want you to do. I give you a seed of time, talent, and treasure. Invest that, then get out there and work it. Work what God's given you. (laughs) Okay. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus. Let's get off of this. You don't like that one either. Okay. Where are we at? We must learn to trust God with our investment. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, put that one on the screen. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. You gotta trust God with your investment. Number two, your expectation, your faith can determine the size of your harvest. Mark 4, 8, seed fell on good ground. It multiplied 30, 60, 100. We talked about this during the offering. Your faith can determine the size of your harvest. Your faith can determine the size of your harvest. Perhaps it's time to irrigate your investment. Let me just encourage you real quick. When you put seed in the ground, why don't you irrigate it? Why don't you send some life to it by declaring the word of the Lord over it? Say, God is faithful. God will take care of me. God will provide. Bring some irrigation to your seeds that are dormant and they're lying in your soil. Because guys, getting negative... And, and whining about it and, and releasing toxicity and, and it, it's not helping. It's not, don't curse your business. Don't curse your ministry. Speak life to it. Speak life to the seed that God's given you. And everybody said amen. amen. Okay, let's, let's do one more real quick and I'm gonna quit. My time is up. I'll, I'll cut it out. I'll cut out early today. Look, seed faith giving. Seed faith giving. Seed sown in obedience should expect a harvest. My seed is evidence of my expectation. The expecting man will find God's reward because Hebrews 11 said, and without faith it's impossible to please God and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
Seed sown in obedience should expect a harvest. Be an expecting man. The principle of seed faith. Seed faith is letting go of something you have been given to create something else you have been promised. Let it go and see what God will do. Obedience to God's laws of prosperity connects my needs to his supply. God's, excuse me, my obedience to God's laws of prosperity connects my needs to his supply. My need gets connected to his supply when I obey him. Ephesians 4, 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. When you let go of what's in your hand, God will let go of what's in his hand. That's the way it works. Stephen, come help me. We're going to quit. When I let go of what's in my hand, God will let go of what's in his hand. It's hard. Like I said to you before, I've been doing this a long time. And there are still times when I, the enemy will try to get in my head and say, you know, if you would just cut back on your giving, you could do this. You say, you know, if you just cut back a little bit here, you could do this right here. And I go, no, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. He'll come along and say, why do you fret over this? Why don't you just, you know, just quit. Just quit. You know, don't worry about it. Why labor over your messages? Listen. Some, I, look, I, I've been preaching long enough now that I could kind of push, put it in neutral and I could coast probably the rest of the way. I could coast. He'll say, will not you just let off a little bit? Why are you fret over your messages? I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I want to labor until the day I die. I want to work as hard today as I did when I was 19 years old. The only difference between then and now is I don't scream at you as loud as I used to because my body can't take it. You can't take it either. But I want to labor over my, my ministry. You have to labor over your, 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 what God has entrusted to your care. You got to labor over that. I'm not talking about worrying. I'm not talking about being controlling. But I'm talking about rolling up your sleeves and going to work and doing with what God has given you. Working, working, and doing with what God's given you. Making a difference. So today's takeaway. Let me give it to you real quick. Today's takeaway, a seed is a tiny beginning with a huge future. God will give you a seed to make possible a promise he has made you. Number two, the quality of the soil determines the quality of the harvest. Remember that every trial releases nutrients into the soil, qualifying it for a great harvest. Know that every seed contains a unique assignment and the instruction to fulfill it. Believe and declare the purpose for your giving. When you give, declare God's purpose. I'm giving for this and I believe God's gonna be faithful. Now, look, I'm gonna close my notes. I'm gonna quit. I was thinking 
Now this may, well, it don't matter. I was thinking about the last 14 years. Now I could go back through and list out some of the trials that we as a congregation have been through, but I don't want to depress you because if I did pull up some of them, it would depress some of you. But when I look back over, and some of you will remember the things that have happened here, some, some tragedy, some horrible things that I, I won't even mention to you because you, you remember them. We've been through some tough stuff. I'll be honest with you. As I said earlier, I've pastored four churches in three states, and we here have been through some, some really tough stuff. I believe this. Now, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe this. We've gone through some things that could have killed this church, but we're still here. And I believe that with every death, every tragedy, every trial, every testing, that stuff was going down into the soil of this church as fertilizer, decaying fertilizer that's bringing nutrients to who we are as a body. And our body as a congregation has been growing out of that soil, getting stronger and stronger and better and better. We've been through things here that I've been able to take and share with other pastors and other churches to tell them how to handle it there. Are you with me? That's back to that double pain, double anointing. We've been pulling from 14 years of trials and tests, nutrients. I'm not telling you I want to go through it again. But I can tell you what I've been through has made me a better man. Pulling from it. I was just thinking yesterday. Of something that I've been through. And it occurred to me. It's like Holy Spirit the last couple of days. He'd been dealing with me. He was saying... What you're going through now was necessary for what I will entrust, entrust you with later. It's back to what I said. If you can't take it, you can't get it. Same with this corporate body. We've been through it and we had every reason to quit many times. We didn't. And I'm believing that one day, one day, God smiles and this church, it blossoms to do what God has truly called it to do because you prove you've been proven faithful. It's the process of seed in the ground, death, burial, and resurrection. And if you endure the process, you always come back stronger. The joy of giving must endure the process of growth. It has to. It has to. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.